0: Are you looking for continuing education from a Canadian provider?
1: Executive Links has almost 200 webinars to choose from on many topics including med surge, critical care, geriatrics, peds, mental health, and more.
0: Each webinar is $35 and includes handouts, a certificate of completion, and the option to watch live and on demand for at least a year save 15% for the rest of 2022 on any topic. Just use code gritty at checkout.
1: Visit execulinks.net to register. That's E-X-E-C-U-L-I-N-K-S dot net.
0: Is this thing still on?
1: I think they can hear us a bit better now. Should we
0: keep talking? Of course. Let's say it louder for those in the back. Hi and welcome to the Gritty Nurse Podcast, an unfiltered discussion about health and healthcare. My name is Amy Archibald-Burley.
1: And my name is Sarah Fung.
0: And we are your podcast hosts.
1: If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, iHeartRadio, or any other podcast platform, don't forget to hit subscribe so you can get updates on new episodes.
0: If you love our podcast and our advocacy work, please go to www.grittynurse.com and click on the support us button. This will give you access to exclusive episodes and early releases on a monthly basis.
1: This will help us with the cost of running the podcast, the time and energy to put out awesome and informative episodes. And for that, we thank you and we appreciate you.
0: Hi and welcome, everyone! Thank you so much for coming and joining us again on the Greener's podcast. I think we have a lighthearted, funny episode. We need to have those every once in a while. Yes, we do the grit. Yes, we talk about the issues that matter, but this is an issue that matters too. And I think it's it's nice to have these lighthearted episodes. And as much as it's a very serious topic, um, it's actually quite. It's crazy. The story that we found is crazy. So before I say anything else, uh, Sarah, why don't you take it away?
1: Okay, so this story is really funny because it was actually brought to our attention by Bruce Sackman, who uh, you may or may not know as a former guest of ours. He was the author of a book called Behind the Murder Curtain, and he brought this story to our attention, and the more he told us about it, the more I thought, truth really is stranger than fiction, and in this case, I don't think you can make stuff like this up. So we're going to tell you a story that is quite shocking and surprising and a little bit unbelievable, but it did happen. So Amy, why don't you uh, start by sharing the story?
0: So this story actually takes place in the U.S. and actually happened in Connecticut. And it's about a woman who pretended to be a nurse and actually even staged her own nurse of the year party in 2008 and was later sentenced for um, criminal impersonation, practicing nursing without a license, and second degree forgery. So Betty Lichtenstein, 57, had no real medical training as a nurse, but dispensed medical advice, wrote prescriptions, and administered shots to patients as if she had a nursing license. And the state's Medicaid Fraud Control Unit began investigating after a patient complained about Lichtenstein because she actually injected the patient with medication too quickly, causing pain.
1: And where this starts to take a little bit of a turn is she was investigated by the state Medicaid Fraud Control Unit um, between March and August of 2009 due to this complaint. And she was charged with illegal use of the registered nurse title, sorry, six counts of second degree reckless endangerment and criminal impersonation. And three months earlier, she was actually arrested for forging a prescription for painkillers. For 96 oxycodone pills she obtained while pretending to be a nurse for Dr. Gerald Weiss in Norwalk. And this is the part that is really interesting. So, what they had found out is that a year prior, so in November 2008, she received the Nurse of the Year award at a dinner she supposedly hosted by the Connecticut Nursing Association. And here's the funny thing this association does not exist. So, she threw herself a fake award. Uh, by a fake organization and she had an awards dinner with no less than 41 guests in attendance. So she convinced over 40 people that this was not only a real award by a real organization, but she was the person deserving of this award. And um, at this Medicaid fraud control unit, they determined um, that not only did no organization exist, but she had spent $2,000 to stage the event. And she gave herself um, I don't know if this part is real, but she was to receive $10,000 in a personal award, and an additional $10,000 was to go to the charity of her choice.
0: Yeah, like that is so crazy. I-, I mean, I think the fact that this nurse, or sorry, I shouldn't say that. I think the fact that this individual who was posing for a nurse decided to throw herself a party, like, I think this is where I really have. Well, there's concerns about the story in general, but the fact that she thought she would get away with throwing her own party of a fake institution of a fake, like a fake nurse, like I don't know how she didn't think that she was going to be found out. But anyways, so yeah, the craziest part is she did end up taking a plea agreement where she agreed to serve up to a year in jail and she actually pleaded guilty to a reduction of charges, so lesser charges. Those that she did not plead guilty were all but dismissed. And during the sentencing hearing, her attorney, um, Lindy Urso, acknowledged that the case had held some bizarre set of facts, which many could not, said could not be explained. But she also said Lichtenstein thought that the particular doctor, so Doctor Weiss, the doctors that she worked for, was also complicit in the charade, especially because he was the keynote speaker at the phony awards dinner. Like I, I don't know what was really going on in these individuals minds but it's it's actually quite quite concerning
1: um and the thing is the other the other part that the doctor played is that he told the judge that um ner- that Betty was in very bad health, and any sentence would be a quote unquote death sentence for her. He said that she had a pacemaker, a deteriorating heart muscle, congestive heart disease, and diabetes. so the judge that was uh, on this case, state superior george um Bruce Hudock said that those who go to doctors and nurses expect the best treatment possible from those who are qualified. By putting yourself up as something you were not and were never, you endanger the community, he said. This quote-unquote nurse could have no contact with this doctor, his employees, or his patient. He also forbade her from seeking employment in any area related to the medical field, and she was to inform in writing any potential employers of her convictions.
0: Yeah, so I mean, let's actually talk about this particular case. And I think this is where, you know, we have to really pull out some of the very serious, serious concerns here. And I think one of the the biggest things that we need to do is take patient complaints seriously. I'm pretty sure that probably wasn't the first patient that complained about the type of treatment that they received but um, that particular patient who did complain they ended up having like issues with the injection and and much pain at the the site and again I guess that also goes to towards technique because as nurses we are actually taught like the z track method and other ways of making sure that when we're giving injections that one that they aren't painful yes there will be some pain because of the needle but but the intention is to make sure that we're providing treatment. And then, we, you know, we do our education piece while doing this. And I mean, I'm really concerned that the fact that this seemed to actually go on a lot longer than it did. But again, I think the main key takeaway is we really want to take people's complaints seriously. And I'm glad that someone took this patient's complaint seriously.
1: Yeah. And just for hiring managers and organizations in general. I don't know how it works in different states, um, but, you know, there should be at a minimum a background check to make sure that, number one, you have a license, number two, that there aren't any active complaints against you, that there aren't any restrictions to you working as a nurse. I think that's just basic, but maybe in some cases we've heard in other, um, you know, other stories involving physicians that some places are just so desperate for nurses that They maybe overlook this step or um, take people's word for it when they say that they're able to work as a nurse. And that's really dangerous because I don't think it should be up to patients and families to police this kind of thing. They go into a hospital or clinic expecting that the people working there are medical professionals.
0: No, absolutely. And I think the other piece that I want to kind of pull into this is, although we have a shortage, and I actually am quite concerned about this, because, you know, we have a nursing shortage. And I think this has been something that we've been talking about for a very long period of time. There are a lot of people who have tried to get into nursing, tried to get into the profession, and it's actually quite difficult at this time, you would think that with having a nursing shortage, it's easier to get in or that they would Open up the application numbers. Well, that actually hasn't changed. Nothing has changed in that regard in terms of saying, okay, we have this problem. How are we going to circumvent the problem? How are we going to make sure that we have more skilled workers in the in this program? They haven't done anything. All to say that it's concerning the fact that people might say, hey, well, this is um, you know a surefire way to be employed if there was anybody who didn't lose employment during the pandemic it was nurses like we had probably more work than we we could actually manage and the the concern is the fact that it sounded like this individual had been doing this for a long time and i i don't want people to get the wrong ideas to think that this is something that can easily be done or should be done at all and i think that there has to be repercussions. I think, you know, they they gave her a year, but there should be some real severe repercussions for people who are pretending to be healthcare professionals because she could have caused a lot of harm.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think that um, another thing is, at least in our neck of the woods, the College of Nurses of Ontario, which is our governing body for nurses, uh, views the word nurse as a protected title. So in terms of the uh, titles you can use, Um, nurse, nurse practitioner, registered nurse, registered practical nurse in some other provinces might be licensed practical nurse. These are protected titles and anyone calling themselves a nurse without being registered with the college is considered an illegal practitioner and can be prosecuted under the Regulated Health Professions Act. So it's not I guess maybe in some parts of the world, the word nurse can mean many different things, but here it's a protected title, just like if someone said they were a medical doctor and they had not gone to medical school. That's a serious thing because even with everything that's happened, um, nurses are still in a profession of trust and we have a level of responsibility and a, you know leadership that we need to uh, hold ourselves accountable to.
0: Absolutely. And I think here's like the little insider's tip for those who, who are who are listening that aren't healthcare providers is you can actually re- like find a nurse, you can actually go on to di- uh, our registry body and actually type in our names and get that information. And I think that's actually a really powerful tool that the public actually has access to because at the end of the day, nursing and all of those different um, terms that you kind of laid out, Sarah, they're protected titles. And again, if you are mistreating or your nurse is mistreating you, or you feel that, you know, the care that you received isn't, isn't adequate or is poor. The process is that the college of nurses, for example, in Canada and the States, the regulatory body is actually to protect the public. So the, the fact that we're all registered, we all have to be listed In this database in this, and it actually will tell you what restriction if there are restrictions, if there has been disciplines on these nurses, whatever the case may be. And I think that's a powerful tool in terms of, you know, if you are a member of the public, and you feel that, you know, you've had this experience, and you want to make a complaint, that is the board to complain to. And that is also a way that you can actually type in a nurse's name, and find out that information. I know that, and I'm sure this is a practice that you probably had too, Sarah, where, so for example, you've probably done this too, Sarah, where, you know, we work in whatever clinical area that we're in and we have our badges and we just notoriously just hide our names. And I don't think we hide our names because we don't want people to know our first and last names or whatever the case may be. But there has been times where nurses have been, you know, um, targeted, targeted harassment, abuse. um, And it makes us fearful. So, you know, we do have badges that have our first and last names on them, but some people will cover them up. And I think that's just something that we do. But at at the end of the day, if you wanted that nurse's information, you should be able to ask them and receive this information. And you can, like I said, you can actually look them up on their registry board. And I'm, I'm super surprised that this employer didn't actually check. Like it's, it's really bizarre.
1: Well, yeah. And I kind of wonder if it's because it was a private physician's office versus a hospital where things might be a little more lenient. I don't know what the dynamic is or was between the two of them. But I just want to go back to this whole awards ceremony thing. For someone (laughs) to have the audacity to not only pretend they're a nurse, like I would be scared out of my mind, by the way, if I wasn't a nurse. And just even the thought of pretending to be something I wasn't would have like shot my nerves to hell. But then, to have the audacity to fake your own awards ceremony and give yourself an award I just wonder about all the people that attended like did this raise any red flags for them or were they just blindly going because they wanted free food like you know free that food. gets me anyway like, yes. yes.
0: <laughs> well I mean yeah you know that that's a perfectly reasonable question and I think that you know you you say that you and I would be would be fearful I think the this individual clearly wasn't thinking or or felt that you know they could get away with this and I guess that's that I guess separates the um the logical mindset from the criminal mindset right like she intended to deceive individuals she intended to not be caught she intended to practice in a way that um you know she she put people's lives at risk and she was okay with that because she knew that she didn't have the license like this was a deliberate act and i mean I hate to bring this up again, but this is where, again, you know, we talk about Redonda Vaught, and we've talked about her case uh, previously on this. And there's discussions around, you know, the criminal prosecution of this nurse for negligence. And and again, we're not disputing the fact whether she was negligent. I think we were disputing the fact of intentionality and the and whether this individual should go to jail and whether that we should set a precedent for medical errors that individuals go to prison this particular nurse it was intentional like well sorry she wasn't a nurse this particular individual who's pretending to be a nurse her actions were intentional they were malicious she knew that she could put be putting individuals lives at risk and this is where i personally think that the fact that she got a 1 year jail term and then it was reduced to lesser charges it like i think she got a smack on the wrist i think it's i think what she could have done um is just as devastating as, you know, what kind of happened with this particular case with Redonda Vought. Redonda but I think um, just kind of to circle my thoughts is really just to say, you know, I think that we should be looking at intentionality versus unintentionality, but that's just, that's just my opinion. And I mean, I'm one opinion of how many opinions that we've seen, but again, just circling back to this particular case, I think they slapped her on the wrist with um, a lesser sentence and um, what was it, mm-hmm. like one year of jail time or nine yeah, months of jail g- time.
1: It's just cases like this that make me lose a lot of faith in the legal system, which is I, – I realize this is a whole other topic, but it just – when you put the cases side by side like that – And you think about what Redonda Vaught did, which was an honest mistake, which unfortunately resulted in a very catastrophic outcome, versus this nurse who intentionally deceived the public, who intentionally called herself a nurse. She had no medical training whatsoever and decided to throw herself an awards dinner where she's giving herself an award. The doctor she's working for is speaking up on her behalf. And to just get away with that, just like a slap on the wrist, like it was nothing. It just... It just makes me lose a lot of faith in the system. But of course, we don't know all the details. It's just this is how I feel. And I'm sure other people feel the same way that she should have reduced or she should have received a much harsher sentence given what she did. Even though, who knows, maybe, maybe she did cause more harm, but we just don't know about it.
0: Yeah, I mean I think it's hard again like you said it's really hard for us to kind of try to pinpoint exactly the the type of harm or if she has caused any harm because we we don't know we don't know the all of the different types of patients that she she kind of interacted with and and kind of what their results were because I guess they they haven't come forward and and whatever the case may be but again I think it just begs to question why anybody would do this. And I think just as, you know, how health, a healthcare professional, there's so much effort and so much education and so much knowledge that comes into being a skilled nurse, right? It's not just, and, and I think this is the other takeaway that I want to put out there. This is like, nursing is not a job that you could just off the street, go and do. I think um, this particular individual, she picked, um, she picked a doctor's office, And clearly there, there had to be some type of relationship there. Something doesn't seem right to me with this, with this physician hiring her, not like looking into all of these things and then kind of protecting her at the end. I mean, I think, I think that I want people to really understand that nursing is, it is a STEM, it is a skill. So it's not just, you can't just all of a sudden walk from, you know, out of the store and just be like, I'm going to be a nurse and start practicing at that moment. Like, I think there's four years of education for those of you who may not know in terms of a bachelor's degree. And then nurses sometimes take on additional forms of education, whether they want to specialize in the the operating room or whether they want to specialize in labor and delivery or the emergency department or the ICU. That can be an additional six months to two years of education. So I really want people to understand that nursing is a skilled profession. It's we're we're not just wiping bums or just giving in injections. There's a lot that comes with nursing in terms of understanding what's happening with the patient. I'm um, understanding, you know, um looking not just being able to look at the patient but understanding physiologically what's happening behind the scenes and then also to make a judgment what you might need to do next in terms of their care. So the fact that this person was able to get away with this, um, it's very concerning. But again, I can tell you and I, I promise you, those that are listening that, you know, are going to receive care, that the people that are supposed that are nurses, that are truly nurses are are highly skilled individuals.
1: Yeah. And this is a really common. Um, sorry, this is a really uncommon situation. So I don't want people listening to think that um, you should doubt the fact that your nurse is a regulated healthcare professional, but I also want to point out the fact that if you ever feel uneasy about something, don't be afraid to ask questions because I have a hard time believing that anybody, that every single person that attended this awards dinner didn't question the fact, is there is this, is this association even a real association? Because a simple Google search would probably, I mean... I think it would have told you whether it was or not, but I'm sure people just kind of brushed it off and didn't think much of it. But I think just in general, don't be afraid to question things and ask, is this is this really what it is? Or do your own research before blindly attending an award ceremony or being part of something that doesn't seem to add up, right? It seems like a lot of money to receive for an award, to be honest, um, for something that's not really prestigious. And you know, it doesn't involve research or scholarship money in a in a more official capacity.
0: Yeah, like, honestly, this whole (laughs) this whole situation is a hot mess. Like, I don't know how they didn't catch it. Like, many, many, many months ahead, just just listening and looking at the story. It's it's a hot mess. I don't know how it slipped through the cracks. But for whatever reason, it did. And again, that just that actually just goes to show that, you know, we have more work to do on our end to make sure that you know, individuals, we are protecting our patients and families that are coming to receive care, making sure that the people looking after them are competent, they're skilled, they're up to date with their knowledge, whatever the case may be. And I think that private or public forms of healthcare, they still have a due diligence to make sure that their patients and families are kept safe and kept safe from people who are coming in to do shady kind of shit. So I mean, at the end of the day, I'm glad that they caught her. But there's work to be done on the healthcare avenue and aspect too. And I, and the other thing is, I don't think she was the only person who's ever faked being a healthcare professional. We've heard about doctors. Oh, sorry again. Let me correct myself. We've heard about people pretending to be physicians as well. Um, other healthcare areas. It's just. It's, it's just really bizarre. And again, we just have to make sure we're, we have quality measures that we prevent this from happening in the first place.
1: Absolutely. And I think just bringing awareness to certain cases, like back in 2008, thousand and eight, I'm sur- I'm sure social media was not as big as it is now. But if this ever made it onto Twitter, like in this day and age, I think it would just have blown it out of the water 10 times more.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely, and, and you know, I think these are these stories should be shared, and I think you know, I th- I think to myself, I wonder where this individual is now and what they're doing now, and and if they even felt any remorse. And I think one of the things that we saw in the various different articles is the only thing that she said when she was going away, um, when they were taking her um, to prison was "I love you," and I think she said that to her daughter. So so no even remorse, which is even more messed up because she didn't even say like sorry that I I did this she just kind of was like oh well you know I got caught love you peace out I'll be out in like a year which is again that's why I said I think it was a slap on the wrist and very very scary
1: yeah and there was one other fact that I forgot to mention Um, there was one article which actually said she had 20 uh, bottles of medication that she was bringing with her to jail so I kind of wonder about her intentions maybe she faked being a nurse because she wanted quick access to medications. And the fact that she was caught, you know, trying to fill a fake prescription for narcotics, it just makes me wonder, was that the real reason why she did this? Or were there other reasons that um, that we don't know about?
0: This is a whole other podcast episode, but when it comes to medications, like, oh, I hate to say this out loud, people steal shit like I'm not even going to lie like people steal stuff and I think when it comes to talking about narcotics so like oxycodone fentanyl and these different things they do go missing um there is a lot of checks and balances that people put in place in terms of like narcotic counts putting them in um locked um syst- like locked um oh my gosh what
1: are Cupboards? they called
0: like well, pixis there yeah, I was going to say pixis but people won't know what that is well, putting like like the Redonda Vought
1: case, it was in an automated dispensing. Yes, cabinet. okay, yeah.
0: So putting the, so like for example, like putting them in an automated dispensing cabinet, so you can actually see how many goes in, goes out. But there still is room for hu- human error, and this is how obviously you know pills and these things go missing. And I, and I think if oh my goodness, I, if I think that you know. Um, what what the street value of something like oxycodone is i think it's actually quite expensive like oxycodone percocets and these things are actually they're the street value is actually quite high and i think they're kind of like a rare commodity so i guess i wouldn't say rare but i think it's a highly wanted commodity anyhow um yeah but like on the street value of these types of um drugs are high and people and there are still people that want to use them. So I mean, I guess if you already have a criminal mindset and your goal is criminality, stealing drugs from a hospital is is probably like your next your next step cuz obviously you can make money doing that as well. But mm-hmm. this is why I said healthcare has a healthcare just overall has so much work to do in terms of trying to to change the system in, in general. I think the way that we've been doing things for a long time have, have not worked. And we still keep doing them, which is actually um, the definition of insanities. But circling back to the whole aspect of, of the drugs, I think that's just, again, her criminal mindset. It, she saw opportunity and she decided to take it.
1: So we just want to let you guys know listening that um, if you have any similar stories, we'd love to hear them or let us know what your take is on this particular incident and this uh, person who was faking themselves as a nurse.
0: Yeah, I mean, I again, we always love to hear interesting stories. And so thank you again, Bruce Sackman, for sending us this this very interesting story. The main takeaway I'd want for people that are listening is if you feel like something is off or you feel like the individual who might be caring for you um is not caring for you adequately, or you think that, you know, you might have asked a couple questions and something seems wrong, you probably should go with your gut feeling that something probably is wrong. And again, you have the right to know your nurse's name, first name, last name, and you also have the right to check them out on their regulatory board. And I think that's an absolutely perfect and an okay thing to do. So again, um, just making sure that we're keeping patients and families safe. I think that's the main thing that we want to happen in healthcare. Absolutely.
1: Thanks for listening.